0: Hi, welcome to the Haven Youth Church podcast. We want to thank you for tuning in today. We hope this message encourages you and empowers you to be all God created you to be. We love you. Welcome to the family. Tonight we're going to Esther. We're going to try to preach this message. Um, we'll see what the Lord does tonight, but we're going to go to Esther chapter five. Esther chapter five, and we want to read a few verses here. If you brought your Bible, um, uh, please turn there. If you, if you. If you do not have your, your physical Bible, it's my preference to read from, but uh, if you don't have that, um, maybe you prefer a, a, a phone, a phone app or, or something, an iPad, whatever your preference is, um, open that up to Esther chapter 5. We're going to start in verse 1, and, uh, and so it's always, it's always a, a point in this house to kind of shake your, your flesh a little bit and remind your flesh that we're not turning off when the word comes. Some of y'all been in church so long, the moment the word begins to preach, you love the singing and I love the singing too. You love the worship and I love the worship too, but don't allow, don't allow your flesh to shut down when the word comes. you hear me? This is God's change agent is the seed of his word and it's going to find good soil. I know in the house tonight. And so just to remind your flesh that this isn't something we're turning off. You with me? You with me? We're not turning it off. So stand up, stand up, give your your body a little shake there. a little shake. All right. And we're going to read this together. Esther chapter five and verse one. The Bible says on the third day, somebody say third day. Yes. I'm thankful for resurrection. Aren't you? I'm thankful that when the situation is hopeless and when it's beyond hopeless, but it's dead, there's still a God that says even when it's dead, it's still alive. It just needs to hear my word. On the third day, Esther put on her royal robes. Somebody say royal robes. Somebody said, I'm putting on some royal robes tonight. And stood in the inner court of the king's palace. She's not supposed to be there, but here she is in front of the king's quarters. While the king was sitting on his royal throne inside the throne room opposite the entrance to the palace. If you didn't know, we're about 30 days in to her being crowned queen. And here she is in verse 2. When the king saw Queen Esther standing in the court, she won favor in his sight thanks be to God if she didn't it would have been his wrath but instead he saw her with eyes of love and it was favor and can I remind you tonight it was eyes of wrath towards you but there was one whose name was Jesus who stood before you who absorbed the anger and the wrath of God the Father so that now when he looks at you he doesn't see you in your sin he doesn't see you in your mess he doesn't see you in your field oh no friend he sees you covered in the blood of God and he points to you with eyes of love and with favor we're not even preaching yet, and I'm, I'm ready to have an altar call hallelujah and the Bible says and he held out to Esther the golden scepter that was in his hand and Esther approached and touched the tip of the scepter and the king said to her what is it Queen Esther What is your request? And it shall be given you even to the half of my kingdom. And Esther said this, if it please the king, let the king and Haman come today to a feast that I have prepared for the king. Amen. I want to continue uh, a series that we've been in here or we've tried to be in, and that is from, 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 from. From, Vic, from victory to dominion. Uh, and so tonight, uh, I don't even know what the subtitle is supposed to be because this thing keeps building every week. And so we're talking about going from victory to dominion in the house tonight. Shut your hands to heaven. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your word tonight. We thank you, Father, that the Holy Spirit is here to bring revelation, Father. We're not just reading a dead book, but it's alive, it's quick, it's powerful, it's sharper than any ever any two-edged sword. And it's here tonight by way of the Holy Spirit to, to divide every, every competing voice in our minds. Oh God, to, 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 to illuminate what is the truth god to bring us into the fullness of purpose and destiny god stir us up this night father oh we'll give you the glory and the honor father in your mighty name we pray amen amen hallelujah Hallelujah, hallelujah. And so tonight, our our story, we are talking about, we're talking about the queen, Esther. She's been the queen for a th- for 30 days, brand new queen. This man's not a Hebrew, but here she is. She's been selected as queen. As you know, as every Bible reader in the house knows, that everything in her life is upside down. She is in the king's court, but everything is contrary. Things aren't getting better. They're, with each day, they're getting worse because also in the king's court is the enemy of the Jews and his name is Haman and he's already won an edict. He's deceived the king into, into signing into law the destruction of Esther and all of her people. Death is on the doorstep of every Hebrew in the land. They're in Babylon and it looks like what was bad is getting ready to get worse. Ever been there before? When it looks bad and you don't think it could get any darker, when it feels like midnight yet darkness comes with another layer and another level and it's like my god I don't know how much more I can take I don't I mean when you are already confused and you're already struggling to see clearly and 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 you're hoping for a moment of clarity but yet it gets even more foggy and the the clouds become even darker and more gray and this is the situation for Esther and so here she is in the king's court and she's having to address and fight a man she has come to, cut, to fight a man that she has nothing to do with. Haman, who has is, who is, who is arose to power, uh, has been elevated by the king. Uh, uh, and, and, and this man, Haman, is although he is, he's a, a high-level prince in the court, uh, he is set against Esther. And so the issue with Esther and, and Haman that I want you to see is Esther had no bone to pick with him. Esther never said a word to him. Esther never, ever, she didn't talk behind his back. She didn't, she didn't uh, say bad things. She didn't uh, write dirty notes. She didn't, uh, she didn't start a group chat and then start posting weird pictures of him. She didn't take a selfie with him behind her and, and post it on Snapchat with something derogatory. Do you understand what I'm saying? She didn't pick this fight. She didn't pick this fight. She inherited this fight. She didn't ask for Haman to come against her in the palace, but Haman was against her in the palace. And I want somebody to know tonight, there are battles that you are facing that you didn't pick, that you didn't invite into your life, but you're facing them head on right now. And it's not because of anything you did, but it's because of the things that people in your life did before you. Maybe it's a result of mom, maybe it's a result of dad who walked out on you. Maybe you lost someone in your life too early. Maybe, Maybe somebody caused some harm, maybe somebody violated you. It was a scar, a pain, a wound that you didn't ask for. You weren't in the wrong place at the wrong time. You were just minding your own business. And here you are tonight. And, and, and you know in your spirit, in your heart, there's bitterness. And there's hurt. And there's pain. And there's anger. And, and, and all because of somebody else. Somebody else. And now you're facing battles that you didn't invite. You're facing You're facing in in, in a war that you didn't start. There There are issues that some of you carry in this house. Maybe you didn't know it. Maybe you didn't know it. But if you start looking, you see it in your mom. You see it in your dad, and if you keep looking, you can see it in grandma, you can see it in grandpa. Things that you never invited, but you're facing. Things that maybe parents chose for you. This is what Esther is facing. Haman, who should have been dead. Haman, who who was supposed to have been killed a long time ago. It all starts with her great-great-great great great grandfather Esau, who withheld hate in his heart, who 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 later in the next generation hate turns into bitterness. Because the sin that we walk in and the sin that we accept and the sin that we embrace and say, oh, well, it's not that big a deal. I can learn to manage it, right? I promise you those around you, it'll swallow them up. You may be able to manage it for the moment, but it's going to swallow up those people that come after you. And don't look don't look now, but give it some time and that sin that is small and is cute and is squeaky right now is going to grow up and it will devour you. And so understand that the God that we serve did not die so that you could learn to manage sin. Did you hear me tonight? He did not die on Calvary. He didn't die. Uh, did, didn't die a a, a a Roman death so that you could learn to manage sin. So that you could learn to cope with uh, cope with addiction. So that you could learn to become comfortable with the lies of hell on your life. Oh no, God didn't die so that you could manage sin. He died so that you could wage war and kill sin. He died. He was buried and dead. He conquered death, hell in the grave so that he could rise again on the third day with all power and authority so that you could walk in the same power and the same authority because you don't have to learn to manage your sin. I don't care how, how ordinary the culture tries to make it. It doesn't have to become common in your life. It doesn't have to be normal in your life. You're not made. You're not created. You're not purposed to walk with depression hand in hand. You're not made. You're not created. You're not purposed to walk with to walk with anxiety hand in hand. You don't have to learn to walk with that. That's not a friend. It's a foe. It's not a friend. It's an enemy of yours. And the enemy wants you to believe that you just got to learn to cope. But Christ came so that you could conquer. Understand that, understand that sin in our life has been dealt with by the cross. We recognize that tonight. We recognize that each one of us Each one of us had a great debt before God the Father. Amen. We recognize. I don't care what kind of testimony you have. Some of you come out of addiction, and nobody has to tell you that you have you that you had a great debt. But I come to tell the one that never touched a cigarette, never touched any alcohol, never touched a a a, a, a pill. You never looked at pornography. You too, friend, have a great debt. You too, friend, suffer under the wrath of an angry God and a just God that must deal with sin. But we understand and know that the person of Jesus, that angel investor comes the, the, the Kanye said Kanye said my, my my price just went up an angel investor a silent investor but i uh, make no mistake friend he wasn't silent at all he didn't come he didn't come in silence and he didn't come with nobody looking oh no he died a horrible death on Calvary oh he writhed in pain oh he yelled and he screamed oh my god my god why have you forsaken me oh he wasn't silent at all Oh, but he paid a debt. You'd never, you'd never be able to pay. Make no mistake. Your debt wasn't, wasn't just a, wasn't, wasn't something that you were learning to get out of. It wasn't something that you could hire a a financial advisor to, 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 to enlist steps for, for your financial freedom. Okay. Your, your debt wasn't getting better. It was only getting worse. You were only marching ever towards, towards hell, not towards him. But it was God, the father who sent God, the son to stand and pay the price for a debt you could not pay but make no mistake because he paid the debt for your sin it doesn't mean that now because i'm washed in the blood i can live in sin oh well my future secure my future secure secure in him because of the blood of jesus your future is secure as long as you apply the blood of jesus do you hear me The blood of Jesus and the grace of God did not come so that you could walk in sin and still be a believer. It came for one reason, to give you the power to walk in holiness. Holiness unto God. Oh, should we sin because grace abounds? Oh no, God forbid. God forbid. I have been empowered by God to live not unto sin, but unto God. Amen. Well, that's just, I don't know. That's awful. Get back to can we get back to the story? I'm talking about sin that was managed and now was looking to take out an entire generation. My God, an entire generation, an entire, an entire, entire people group. Because somebody thought, oh, I can walk hand in hand with sin and it'll be okay. I can come to church and joke about joke about my conversations that are ungodly i can come to my church people and their job is to affirm me and the pastor well the pastor and the preachers they better affirm me and they better talk about my wounds and how i can just use them for empowerment that's what they need to do otherwise i'm going to find a different church well that's not a church at all and that's not the gospel we don't come to affirm each other's sin we come to call out the christ in one another we come to call out the purpose of God in one another's life, not to joke about our sins and our collection of sins, not to shuffle through them each day, not to file them in a different filing cabinet, uh, depending on the day of the week, we come to wage war on sin and to attack it and kill it. And then when I wake up tomorrow, it's the same game plan. I attack it and I kill it. And when I wake up, when I wake up on Saturday, it's the same game plan. I'm going to wage war on the enemy of my soul. I'm going to attack and I'm going to kill. That's what I've been purposed to do, at least in part, is to take care of this temple of God. Amen. And so we see in our story that, that Esau's hatred results in Amalek's attack of the Hebrew people, and God, God despises the, the Amalek's. Uh, he tells Moses, he says, Exodus 17 and 14 says, write this for a memorial in the book and recount it in the hearing of Joshua that I will utterly blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. And he says in Exodus 17 and 16, he says, because the Lord has sworn the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. And a part of this is because of what the Amalekites, the Amalekites did uh, to, to, to Moses as the people uh, were entering the promised land. Deuteronomy 25 and 19 says, Therefore it shall be when the Lord your God has given you rest from your enemies all around and the land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess as an inheritance that you will not blot out the remembrance of the Amalek from under the heaven. You shall not forget. He's constantly reminding them there's an enemy that you need to deal with. You're not to let them live. You're not to. You're not to treat them as though it's okay that they're in the back. It's okay that they're in the back seat as long as nobody notices them. It's okay that, that they go to bed with you as long as you don't talk about it. No, no, no. He says you got to deal with Amalek. So he's serious about removing Amalek. <clears throat> and so we see uh, because of because of the failure of of the failure of of. Uh, of Esau, and because of the, the failure of ultimately King Saul, the Amalekites are going to rise in power. They're going to allow the Amalekites to, to continue on. They're going to spare Am, the, the king of Amalekite, and all of a sudden, here comes Haman, who is an, an Amalekite. This was Saul's first assignment. In 1 Samuel 15 and 2, it says, I will punish Amalek for what he did to Israel and how he ambushed him on the way when he come up from Egypt. The Amalekites attacked the, the young and the weak and the feeble and the old from behind. Uh, <clears throat> and so, because Saul didn't take the assignment seriously, and he, uh, when he did attack the Amalekites... He spared Agag and a number of his men. Never forget, halfway obedience is still disobedience. Halfway obedience is still disobedience. The Holy Spirit never comes into your life, highlights highlights areas and issues uh, uh, so that you can, you can, you can, uh, you can unhighlight or, or, or spare some of the things that he's highlighted. Everything that he highlights is because it's there to destroy you. It's there to bring harm to you. Did you know that? it's preventing you from walking in the fullness of what he has for you. Everything Holy Spirit highlights, even if it's something, it was like, well, this, you know, this girl, you know, she's, she's a baddie and she loves Jesus and she speaks in tongues. And I know that she's purposed by God. She even has the same, she even has the same, the same calling on her life. We're, we're both called to the mission field, right? But you know, it's weird that Holy Spirit is, is a personal God. And it's possible that Holy Spirit could highlight, highlight, you know, the relationship and say, this isn't for you. You know, that's possible, right? And, and, and I'm not trying to, to convolute or, or, or complicate relationships. I'm really not. Some of y'all complicate it so much that you're convinced you've, you've passed up the one 100 times. And, uh, and so I'm not trying to do that. I'm just saying, Holy Spirit, I'm just saying, some of y'all, some of y'all still, you're still speaking down to the person that, the person that God has brought into your life that could be the one and you're still making fun of them behind their back. You need to learn to honor them. I'm just saying, like, they could be sitting right beside you or in front of you or behind you right now, and because of your conversation about them, now you just see them and, like, you know, and you've not given them any grace, and you could be missing the greatest thing that God is trying to bring to you. I don't know. I'm just saying, like, just saying, you know. Just saying. But it's also true that Holy Spirit can highlight things in our lives, and they're not necessarily wrong. Holy Spirit has highlighted more things than I care for him to highlight in my life that I know aren't wrong. But boy, did they become wrong for me. And so, if the Holy Spirit highlights things that are wrong for you, it's because he's got something better for you. He's a good God. And you can trust him. And if he highlights something in your life and you feel in your spirit that the Lord is asking you to to surrender this or to surrender that, can I tell you, no matter how much you prize it, can I tell you, he's got something better. He's got something better for you and if he takes it away, I'm telling you, he's only going to give back something, something better. So Saul allowed King Agag to live. And apparently his descendants escaped too. And we see in, in uh, Esther 3 and 1 that, that, uh, that Haman is actually the son. He's an A- Agagite, right? the son of Hem- 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 Hamadetha, the Agagite. And now he's the enemy of the people of God as an individual. But he's long been an enemy of God. And Esther just happened to be here. She wasn't ordered by God to deal with the Amalek was Saul's job. Now she has a choice. She can be bitter. She can be angry. Well, if my parents hadn't split. Well, if God hadn't taken this person from my life. Well, if that person hadn't brought this evil into my life. Then we can can be angry and allow the enemy to have room and he'll take it. This is how he gets in She finds some door to gain access to wage war. And the enemy found a way of access into the palace because of past sin. And here Esther is. And she's called in purpose for such a time as this. To fight a battle and win a battle she never started. So how does she do it? What is Esther's war strategy of walking in dominion? Esther understood that an anointing rested on her for the purpose of ending. For the purpose of ending the reign of terror on her people. And you've got to understand that there is an anointing that rests on you to end the reign of terror that has bled through the generations in your life. I don't care how many divorces there have been. I don't care how many people have died of cancer. I don't care how many people are bipolar in your bloodline. I don't care how many people died young. I don't care how common depression is. I don't care how common anxiety is. I don't care how common the enemy has tried to make that which is the, that which the, the, the the Lord Jesus has come to make whole in your life. I don't care how common culture tries to make it. You have an anointing that God has purposed you to walk in to destroy the plot and the plan of of the enemy in your life and your future generation's life. The curse of the enemy must stop here with you. I'll say it again. The curse of the enemy cannot go any farther. Not for you. Not for your sphere of influence. Not for your future babies. It ends with you. You're going to pass down victories not curses you're going to pass down winnings not 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 defeats to the next generation that comes after you hallelujah to god and so and so you don't you don't just continue these battles you end them hallelujah hallelujah and what a celebration she's going to begin the festival of purim and so she didn't blame Saul oh, no she recognized that the enemy was planning and plotting to annihilate her people and so and she recognized that it was Because God had chosen her for such a time as this. That she would rise up and the battle would be the Lord's. God is equipping you tonight to win battles that you did not start. Hallelujah. I don't care how long previous generations have been waging the fight. You have come not to continue the fight, but end it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Exterminate the Amalek. And I'm not... Asking you to examine your family line. I'm not one of those people that that, you know, is like, oh, you, you gotta examine the generational curse. But if sickness is prolonged and you've seen it, God has given you the authority to destroy the amalek of sickness Amen. in your family. Do you hear me? Amen. And if you notice that every marriage in, in your family ends in divorce, it could be that you're the Mordecai to finish the Amalek of divorce in your family and if fear and depression and anxiety run in your family tree it could be that you've been raised for such a time as this to overcome these demons in your family lineage. Amen. And so just because the battle has been passed on to you doesn't mean that you've got to tolerate it. Hallelujah. Your parents may have may have decided your history, but it's your choices that will decide your destiny if you align them tonight with the will of God and the power of God. Your choice is more powerful than the statistics that run in your family tree. Your choices are more powerful than the statistics that run in your family tree. If you'll choose the blood of Jesus, if you'll choose the blessing and not the curse, if you'll choose to choose the truth of God over the lie, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Esther is our role model. She demonstrates that your life can be more than what was handed down to you. Hallelujah. You've been grafted into a different family tree. You are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Haman had slipped into the house. He had slipped into the palace. Haman had access. The enemy had may have access in your world tonight. Maybe it come from, from someone before you, or maybe it become from, from a door that you opened yourself, but can I can I remind you tonight that access does not equate to authority. What Haman, where Haman miscalculated his plan, oh, he had elevated in status in the court and in the palace, but he had to go home every night back to his own house, back to his own bedroom. Oh yeah, but there was one, Esther, who never went back home. The palace was her home she walked in authority and she walked in more authority than that of Haman Haman thought his his access gave him authority but can I remind you that you are a child of the living God you have the authority of Christ Jesus and whatever devil has come into your home you have been granted access authority by the blood of Jesus hallelujah hallelujah oh my god My God, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for authority. Hallelujah. 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 It doesn't matter the level of access in our, in our, uh, in our, in our, if you were to work for the government, there's levels of, of access that you get based on your clearance. And so you can have a classified clearance. And they'll give you a card, and you can get through classified doors, and you can see classified information. And so, but there's also a secret clearance, and the secret clearance will get you into secret rooms. You swipe the badge, you punch in your number. They take it pretty seriously too. If you come into a space and you don't have the clearance, the red flat, the red light is on. If you're not supposed to be in there, and you also have to wear a big orange vest when you walk into the space. where uh, where classified or, or or top secret material, secret material is. If you don't if you don't have a clearance. There's levels of clearance. You can have a top secret clearance and, and you get even, even more access. And I don't, it doesn't matter tonight what level of access the enemy has in your life. Do you hear me? It does not matter what level of access because of life's choices and life's decisions, yours or not, it doesn't matter the level of access that he has in your life you have the authority of god amen no matter the level of access that has been given to the devil you have the authority to remove that access key Luke 10 says and he said to them I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven behold I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm you what is he talking about authority over the one that's tried to gain access he fell like lightning talking about the defeated devil in 28 and 18 Bible says that he has all authority in heaven and earth amen and so, and he has given you authority over all the power of the enemy. According to Luke 10, 18, the authority is given so that you can trample on the enemy. That's right. So that you can trample on the enemy. Not so that you can run and hide. Not so that you can cower in fear. But so that you can trample on the lies of the enemy. Esther used her authority because she had a relationship with the king to drive out and trample on the plot of Haman. Amen. And so, what is her? What? What was her secret? She understood that she had special garments that she needed to clothe herself in. Oh, she was. She was certainly an orphan. Was Esther? She certainly could have worn the clothes of an orphan. But when she stepped into the palace, she had a choice. She had a choice. She's never seen the key. She's never been in the king's court, mind you. In the story that we're. I've got seven minutes, so stay with me. And so she didn't. She didn't. She didn't bother. She. 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 She she understood that she'd never been invited into the presence of the king it had been 30 days she had plenty room to worry but instead of allowing the worry and instead of allowing the fear and instead of allowing allowing the circumstance to change her attitude and her behavior she allowed her revelation to stay true and she she took upon herself the royal robes may be washed in the blood of Jesus. You may be a new creature in Christ. That, That may be a reality in your life. But until you learn to put on the Lord Jesus, until you learn to put on the whole armor of God, it cannot work for you. You can have all the deodorant you want. And I know people that have got whole collections of deodorant in their drawers. But can I tell you, you'll still stink if you don't apply it. It doesn't matter how much deodorant you have if you don't put it on. Can I tell you, it doesn't matter how much authority you have if you don't put it on. How is it possible that I've suffered this long as a child of God, and I still struggle with depression, and I still struggle with suicidal thoughts? How is it that I still struggle with insecurity, How is it that I still look at everyone that's for me as an imposter in my life and as an enemy in my life? How is it that I always find fault in people that love me? How is it that I can't ever get ahead, but I love Jesus? Because you've not learned to put on, you've still got the orphan's garments on. You are not an orphan. You are not alone, friend. I don't know what the enemy has tried to convince you of. I don't know what you've been through to cause you to lose sight of the promise of God and the truth of his word. But can I remind you tonight, you've got some garments that you forgot about in the closet and tonight's a night where Holy Spirit is saying, go back to the closet and put them on again why why because you have an appointment you have an appointment with the king oh look at our story here it is we've got a plot we've got a plot and a plan to kill the hebrew children the king allows her to come before him he says anything you want baby i'll give it to you and she says i want a banquet what about haman i want a banquet You'd have to read Esther 1 to know that there was another banquet going on, and there was another queen. And she had her own banquet. But the king wanted her at his banquet, but she was having her own banquet. And she said, I don't have time, king. I'm having a banquet with the ladies. My rider dies. And she refused to respond to the king's invitation to a banquet. But here's Esther. And she says, I know there's an enemy that's set against us, but King, I want time with you. (laughs) My God, I want time with you master understood I'm putting on the royal garment and I'm not going to be distracted by the lies of the enemy I've got an appointment with the king and I'm going to take my time and to be intimate with the one that I am, I am purposed and called to love oh I know that that's not in the text that's not in the text but that's, that's the types and that's the foreshadowing she calls a banquet with the king and with Haman and she's going to go in and spend time in the middle of chaos remember Let me remind you that her circumstance isn't getting any better. Her situation is only getting worse. The days are only getting darker and the plan is only becoming more mature, but she's not dismayed. She's not discomforted. She said, if I can just get into the presence of the King, I know it's going to be all right. If I can just get in his presence, it may not change my circumstance. It may not flip overnight, but if I can get into his presence, How did she walk in such authority? She put on, she refused to allow her situation to determine her revelation. She stood on the word of God. She didn't allow the, the, She didn't allow the competing voices to cause her to abandon what God had spoken to her through Mordecai. It could be Esther that you've come to the kingdom for such a time as this, in the middle of darkness, in the middle of an impossible situation. You've been planted here to save many people alive. It looks like death. Oh, but I hear revival. It looks like hell. Oh, but I see an awakening. Hallelujah to God. How she set her face like to be with the king. I refuse the orphan garments. I refuse the garments of a victim. I refuse to be a fake. Jacob, I refuse the garments of Esau. I refuse the. I refuse the. I refuse the, the 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 garment of of the sheep of wool. You understand what I'm talking about? I refuse the the garment of the beggar blind Bartimaeus. Oh, but I'm going to put on the royal robe. I'm going to put on the Lord Jesus Christ, and I'm going to walk in purpose and walk in my calling and walk in my authority. No wonder Paul said, "Put on the whole armor of God." Take courage. Take courage in the strength of the Lord. Lindsay testified about it already. Put on the whole armor of God. There's an armor of God that you've been called to put on so that you may withstand. You stand in victory. You stand in the place of victory and you withstand the wiles of the enemy. How do I do it? I'm dressed right. I'm dressed right in the palace. I'm supposed to be here. I've been purposed here. The enemy's an invader. He's a liar. Oh, he's got access. Oh, but I'm going to remove By the authority of God, Hallelujah. Put on the Lord. He said, "Put on the whole armor of God." He said, "She said, take the helmet of salvation. Take, take, take the reminder. It's not enough to have the helmet. You got to put it on." You gotta put it on every morning. You gotta remind yourself, I am the cult of God, I am his righteousness, I am his child, I am his beloved, I'm his choice. He chose me long before I ever chose him. I gotta put it on every single day. And the enemy comes with the lies. Oh, I reminded that I've got a helmet of salvation. Hallelujah to God. And so I put on the whole armor of God. I step into my rightful place and I declare the word of God, and I find myself alone. In his presence day after day after day I wage war on that enemy that's told me that I'll never make it he reminds me every day I'm not enough he reminds me every day I, 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 I don't have what it takes anybody else you got to remind yourself you got to put it on every morning oh I'm not gonna listen to you today devil I know the Word of God is true I know he's not changed his mind about me oh my God his word be true. He's not a man that he should lie. Oh, there in him there is no shadow or turning. He doesn't change. He's not changed his mind about me, and he didn't change his mind about me at Calvary. Certainly he's not going to change his mind about me if I fall short. Why? Because when I fall, I have an advocate with the one who chose me. Go ahead and start something or else I want to keep preaching. It's what happens when you shout for weeks. You don't let the preacher preach. Paul said in Colossians, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Hallelujah. That's not all the authority he's given you. He's given you authority to destroy the access, the works of the devil in the earth. Each time you choose joy in the face of a lying devil that says you should be depressed. Each time you choose joy, you deliver another blow. Each time your situation screams at you, you'll never make it. You put your shoulders back and you begin to declare the promise of God over your life God I know there's a purpose I know there's a plan and I know you're working all things together Lord in some way for my benefit every time you hold on to his word you deliver another Blow to the enemy in the earth. Each time you choose victory when you should have stayed down, but instead you got back up, you deliver another blow to the enemy each time you choose the truth of god over the lie of hell you blow you deliver another blow to the enemy each time your life preaches this gospel to someone who doesn't know the real jesus you deliver another blow to the enemy each time we see in these services another healing another divine healing we've delivered another blow in the earth to the enemy each time someone comes to an altar and says oh God I need you oh God I need your love and I need your forgiveness we deliver another blow to the enemy each We see the oppressed go free, another blow to the enemy. Each time you get down when daddy still isn't saved, but you get down and you start knocking again. Oh God, oh God, I know you haven't answered yet. Oh God, but you said if I knock and keep on knocking, you're gonna answer. Oh, I know I haven't seen my sibling saved yet, but you said, God, if I keep asking, oh God, you will be sure to open the door and to answer somebody tonight is going to deliver another blow to the enemy. Each time when your parents have have said everything crossways to you, each time you thought it was gonna get better but instead it got worse, you, you put your shoulders back and you begin to plead the blood of Jesus anyway. I plead the blood of Jesus and the mercy of God over my home. Oh God, won't you go to them again? Oh God, remove the scales from their eyes, Father, that they can see the need for a savior lord god if it's not me sending somebody else what am i doing i'm delivering another Blow to the enemy each time I go to a workplace that I don't want to be at, but I know God has purposed me there. What am I doing? Another blow to the enemy. Hallelujah. I'm trampling on the enemy's territory. Why don't you think your flesh wants to be there? Oh my God, there's a Haman in there that you've been purposed to run out of the place. There's a Haman in there that's built the gallows for, for, for the people of God, but the Lord's going to show up and flip the tables on him. Hallelujah to God. Each time you get up you get up and you go to the school that you dread going to into the classroom where you sit beside the student you don't want to sit beside and you go with faith and you go with boldness i don't feel like it i don't have a want to in my spirit god but i trust you And I trust that you're working on my behalf. What are you doing? You're trampling on the enemy. Oh, I'm not just called to victory. I'm called to walk in dominion. It's not just about being free from the lies of the enemy and from bondage. It's about delivering blows to the enemy day after day after day after day. How do I do it? I keep going back into the court and back into the palace clothed with the righteous garments. Oh God, I don't feel like i should be here but something tells me another story god i know i'm not worthy oh but the blood of jesus i know i haven't lived my best life this week oh but the mercies of god and i wear them and i come marching again and again and again to the presence of the king and so tonight i don't know how long the problem has persisted i don't know how long the sickness has stayed around Uh, And that's when it becomes, that's that's when it becomes, that's when the long suffering, the the patience begins to be tested is after the course of many days and it's not changed. And if it has, it's gotten worse. And I don't know what your situation is looking like in this moment, but I know the enemy is a liar and he's faithful to his word. And I know that there is a God of heaven with all authority and with all power tonight that's tipping his scepter towards you, hallelujah, and he's inviting you into his presence this night, oh, but you don't know what I've done, and you don't know where I've been, oh, but you, I may not, but I know what he's done, and I know where he's been, I know the cost, hallelujah, to give you access, hallelujah to God, bow your heads across this place. Thanks for listening. If this message blessed you in any way, please consider subscribing and sharing this podcast with someone. You can follow us on social media at Haven Youth Church. We love you, fam. The best is yet to come.